Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillah. Ussalatu vesselamu ala Resulillah. Ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve men ve ala. Welcome everybody to the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream. On honestly a gorgeous Wednesday. And on a day in which... Um, uh, we're streaming here on the subject of open-air prison... Is Gaza an open-air prison, or is it a concentration camp? All right, this is a question that's, that was brought up recently uh, by Lauren Booth. Lauren Booth is a Muslim woman. She's also the sister-in-law of Tony Blair, who's somebody who uh, I would say is going to be responsible on the Day of Judgment for supporting all the American wars and just running after them like a you know, a follower, really. But we have to understand, in Islam, you actually are responsible for these things. In Islam, it's not just like a random uh, thing where you could say, well, everyone was doing it. No, you are responsible for your actions, okay? Uh, in, the sh- in the Sharia, you are re- you, if you're the head of state, you are responsible. If you then say, well, it's a democracy and the, the Senate voted for this, that, and the other, Okay, you also willingly took the prime minister job or role or, you know, uh, willingly, knowing that this is possible. Okay, so if I, if I, if I, if there's a group of people that vote and the leader has to execute on what they vote, hypothetically, right? And I choose to be the leader of that group, I, you know, ask for the position and I get the position, I earn the position. Then that group, I know that they, they could, they might do, they might vote for wrong things or right things. Am I like innocent now just because they voted? No, you willingly made yourself prime minister. You willingly, okay, um, made yourself, put yourself in that position. You're responsible 110%. So he's responsible 110%. Uh, and but she's the sister-in-law of Tony Blair, and she made some amazing points. But before that, we're gonna open with we're gonna open with the du'a of Wednesday, because now Dohud is in. Arman, are you up for putting that? Are you in class? You know these guys. They uh, some of these these guys behind the desk, like Ryan. He would write papers during the live stream. Like Ryan, how do you write in a paper during the ri- live stream? He's like, "Oh, this is like urban development, like not a real subject." <laughs> right? Anyway, uh, uh, let's do uh, the dua. If you can take the call, if you need to take a call. Okay, good. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. La ilaha illallah al-Malikul Hakkul Mubin. 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 Remember, Wednesday is a day in which between Dhuhr and Asr, if you have a need, do not forget the entire day to be in dua. The entire period of time. And this is much more feasible in the wintertime because the the time of Dhuhr is now 12.45 to 3.45, okay, uh, on the East Coast at least, 12.45 to 3.45. So this is, um, 
something very doable for us to every few minutes. What is it that we need? All right? Allahumma ahfadna min al-dhunub. Allahumma ahfad al-sinatana. Allahumma ahfad uyunana wa adhanana. Okay? Maqam al-hifd. We should ask Allah for maqam al-hifd. Maqam al-hifd is that Allah preserves us from sins. Okay? Allah preserves us from sins. We'll never be masoom, but we can be mahfuz. For example, in the last 10 seconds, my hands here have been on this uh, visible to you. Did I do any sins with my hands? No. Right? How? Because Allah guarded me. Right? We have to take asbab, but the ultimate reason why a person avoids sins or doesn't avoid sins is that Allah bestows his hift upon that person. And upon whom does Allah bestow his hift? The one who takes the asbab. You need both. You need to take to work and make dua. So let's go with this one, Omar. If you could lift up uh, the image a little bit. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Inna fatahna lak fatham mubina liyaghfir lak Allahu ma taqaddam min dambika wa ma taakhir wa yutmina ma tuwaleeka wa yahdiyaka suratam mustaqima wa yansurka Allahu nasra naziza wa kana inda Allahi wajiha wajiha fi dunya wa akhirati wa min al-muqarrabin wajhatu wajhiya lil-ladhi fatara al-samawati wal-ard Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nasr min Allahi wa fatun qaribu bashir al-mu'minin Ya ayyuh al-ladhina amanu kunu ansar Allahi kama qala Isa ibn Mariam al-Hawariyin min al-Sariyin الله قال الحواريون نحن أنصار الله الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم لا تأخذه سنة ونان وملا ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذن يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يؤده حفظهما وهو لا ليلظيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبل لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا من خشية الله وتلك الأمتان نضربها للناس لا نمت فكرون هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله يا مشتكون هو الله الخالق البارئ المصور له الأسماء الحسن يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم وإذ نفسي بالله تعالى من كل ما يسمع بأذنين ويبصر بعينين ويمشي برجلين ويبطش بيدين وتكنو شفتين حصنت نفسي بالله الخالق الأكبر من شر ما أخف وأحذر من الجن والإنس ويحضرون عز جار وجل الثناوت قدست اسماء لا إله غيره اللهم نجعلك في نحول آدائي وعذ بك من شرورهم وتحيولهم ومكرهم وكائدهم أطفئ نار من أراد بعداوة من الجن والإنس يا حافظ يا حافظ يا كافي يا محيط سبحانك يا رب ما عظم شأنك وأعز سلطانك تحسنت بالله بسم الله بيات الله وملائكة الله وبياء الله ورسول الله والصالحين من عباد الله حسنت نفسي بلا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم اللهم حسني بعينك التي لا تنام وكنفني بكنفك الذي لا يرام وارحمني بقدرتك علي فلا أهلك وأنت تقتي ورجائي يا غيات المستغيثين يا غيات المستغيثين يا غيات المستغيثين يا درك الهاركين يا درك الهاركين يا درك الهاركين اكفني شر كل طارق يطرق بليلنا ونهار لا طارق يطرق بخير النكر كل شيء قدير بسم الله يرقي نفسي من كل ما يؤذي ومن كل حاسد الله شفائي بسم الله رقيت الله رب الناس أذهب الباس إيش في أنت شافي وعافي أنت المعافي لا شفاء إلا شفاء 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 لا يغادر السقم ولا ألم يا كافي يا وافي يا حميد يا مجيد ارفعني كل تعب شديد وكفني من الحدي والحديد والمرض الشديد والجيش العديد واجعلني نور من نورك وعز من عزك ونصر من نصرك وبهاء من بهائك وعطاء من عطائك وحراسة من حراستك وتأيدي من تأيدك هذا الجلال والإكرام والمواهب العظام سألك أن تكفيني من شرك الذي شر أنك أنت الله الخالق الأكبر وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا طيبا باركا فيه والحمد لله رب العالمين الظاهر وباطر وعلى كل حال يا أرحم الراحمين Let's take two minutes just for dua
sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam subhan rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursalin walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen all right remember the uh, sa'at al-ijabi you have to remember them one of them is wednesday between dhuhr and asr okay that's one of them wednesday every wednesday between dhuhr and asr is sa'at ijaba what is sa'at means there is a window there of time in which dua is answered okay there's a window of time in which dua is answered we don't know when that window of time is it could be 20 minutes at the end it could be 15 minutes in the beginning it could be that's why you have to remember dua the entire time every few minutes on wednesday between duhr and asr if you're a teacher in a school teach it to the kids if you have kids teach them there is a period of time okay we don't know when it is so keep it the whole time thursday night all the way until friday maghrib thursday maghrib friday maghrib especially the night time dua is answered okay thursday night until friday fajr dua is answered on friday there's two windows when the imam comes off the mimbar, that time, that dua of the imam and the dua in salah and right after salah. So the time of Juma basically. And then the hour before Maghrib. The last we call, it's called al-Sa'a al-Mubarakah. Okay. Before Maghrib, dua is answered. The last third of every night, dua is answered. Okay. The last third of every night. Every sajda, and before salam and after salam in, in the obligatory prayers, dua is answered. In terms of the year, okay. In terms of the year, the nights of the two Eids, meaning the night before Eid, the night of Laylatul Qadr, of course, but we don't know when Laylatul Qadr is. Of course, we know that. Nisf of Shaban, later to Nisf of Shaban, first of Rajab. Okay, and Madik used to observe the first night of every solar month, lunar month. I mean, he used to stay up the whole night. Okay, and say Nadi narrated the first of Rajab. On top of that, there are some hadiths on that. Later to Nisf of Shaban is huge. The best day, okay. The, uh, sorry, the best. Uh, a thing that if, thing that you could do for dua uh, is expensive, but for us, it's to go to Umrah and make sure you're in Mecca. I don't care what happens. Thursday at Maghrib, okay? Thursday Maghrib. Now, what I'll tell you what. Listen, listen very closely. In case you ever go to Umrah, you cannot possibly fly from America, fly from the UK. Go to Umrah and, and mess this up, okay? You cannot possibly not take advantage of this, all right? You get to, to your hotel, to Mecca, Maghrib time, okay? You eat dinner. You relax. Even doze off if you have to, okay? Get ready. Go for Aisha. Get yourself a nice cup, cup of coffee if you need to. Pray Aisha. And then either you've done your umrah or, or you do tawaf. 
If it's Umrah, it's Umrah, right? If you've not done, if you've done Umrah already, do Tawaf. But plan to treat it like Laylatul Qadr that you stay up to Aisha, uh, Fajr. Like you, most masajid, Laylatul Qadr are the odd nights or even the whole last 10 nights. It's you're there from Aisha to Fajr, right? Plan to do that. The making Tawaf around the Kaaba in the last third of the night. On a Thursday night, which is Laylatul Jum'ah, technically it's the night of Friday. So you got the last third of the night, you got the night of Friday, and you got Tawaf. Whether you're in Ihram or not, doesn't matter. Now, of course, there are rules. You can't get into the lower level without Ihram. Okay? Some people fake put on their Ihram. I'm not going to say if that's right or wrong. I don't believe it's wrong. People need to draw near to their Lord. Hey, I never said I'm making Umrah. Just wear it's my dress for today, right? My, it's, it's true, right? Some guy said, oh, you're lying. No, I'm not, I'm not lying. He didn't ask me. What if I want to dress like this? Mahatma Gandhi dressed like that, right? But anyway, even if you cannot go into the lower part of the Kaaba, the Sahat's it's called, you go from the second floor. It may not feel the same for sure, but you are in Masjid al-Haram. In the last third of the night, making tawaf, that dua, I, it's a big open net. And you have the ball on the goal line. Can you miss? Like physically. Physically, you can't miss. Okay? You just tap it in. That dua is so powerful. Your life can change. Two, three, four years of your life can change. More. Just from that du'a. So you have to seek out the times in which du'a is accepted. And you have to do tasabbub too. So that's the condition. Imam al-Haddad said, Allah does not help abd until he sees that abd helping himself. Meaning, our success is going to be by Allah, but Allah doesn't bring his help until he sees us working. Okay? And this is one of the meanings of Allah does not change the condition of people until they change the condition of themselves. Like, you got to change something. I had, uh, I'll tell you a, a good practice to do to settle our minds down from going crazy. Sometimes I f- you feel like we're driving ourselves crazy. Why? Because there is no longer a barrier anymore between work, media, communication with friends, etc. And I'm going to do this tonight. I don't care what the consequences are. Okay. These things and my laptop are staying in the car tonight. Right? Yeah, I'm doing it. These things right here and my laptop are staying in the trunk of the car. Locked away like a Solomon's gin. Right? (laughs) Because sometimes we literally have driven ourselves crazy and we're actually getting far from Allah. We never have any peace anymore. There's no peace. And that's why... I believe in the flip phone because most people like put my phone in the trunk for the, what if my mom needs me? What if my, how do I wake up my alarm? My, so that's why phone and internet devices should be divorced. It's going to cost you an extra 50 bucks a month. Who, who cares? All right. The flip phone costs one time. It costs you buy for like 50 bucks. One time, one time payment. I mean, they're junk. So you just buy a battery every 20, 
every every two years you buy a new battery because these things are not meant to be used the way we use them. Like a thousand texts a day. That They're not meant for that. Anyway, this is going to let us calm our mind and return back close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because I feel that um, time passes and we slip away. And Gaza, this battle in Gaza that we have followed and we are obligated as Muslims to follow it has caused us to be glued to a detrimental level, I, I believe. And we should do that in the day. There's a time for that stuff in the daytime and there's a time at nighttime. So to review again, Nisf al-Sha'ban, Laylatay al-Eid, the two nights of Eid. Laylat al-Qadr, first night of Rajab. In Sayyidina Ali's saying, and in Imam Malik's practice, the first lunar month of every month. First lunar night of every month. That's the... Uh, hey, Omar, do you want to hit the autofocus real quick, please? Maybe this thing. Uh, no, it's focused. La la, check your eyes. The brother, oh, go back. Who's saying that? It's blurry. Maybe it went in and out. Maybe it went in and out, but also check. Rub your eyes. <laughs> I have someone at home who says I'm in pain. I say, well, say say you're feeling good, right? <laughs> it's all mental. So much is mental. Do, answering of dua is all mental. Achieving anything is mental because hold on, I'm not going to achieve it. Allah is going to achieve it. So why am I worried? What's Allah's track record? Did, uh, Prophet sallallahu says, Ara'aytum kam anfaq. Have you not seen what Allah has supported, created, given wealth to? Right? Look at what he's created. Does he need, does he need uh, 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 to be assessed? Whether he can do something or not? Look at the universe around you. Look at the world around you. So if I ask Allah for something, he's capable. And he's very generous with the Prophet said, Look how much Allah has given away. Right? How many creatures have eaten? How many millionaires have been created? How many billionaires have been created? Okay. How many awliya has Allah created? He purified them from sins. Right? He made them live righteous lives. So Allah's generous. His generosity, His power... It does not need assessment. It's a guarantee. It's a given. So I don't worry about achieving anything. I don't worry about protection from anything. Right? You ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, remember the rule. Allah does not change your condition. You change your, your, your condition of yourself. So what are you changing in yourself? We got to change our habits. We got to change our practices. If I keep falling into a ditch because I go home at night without a flashlight, dua will not change anything. I got to get a flashlight. So the dua may be answered, but it's not going to come down. It's not going to come down until you change yourself. Start having a flashlight. Okay. If I keep falling into a ditch every night, every day, and this is a metaphor, right? You keep falling for, in sins. Every day you fall in sins. Change something. You got it. Something's got to change. It's behavioral, right? I'm not like some kind of a good coach yet, but I did coach a soccer team. Because the head coach was away, right? And I looked at the team, and they had around 50 turnovers the game before. They turned over the ball 50 times the game before. And I'm watching it, and I see, like, there's turnovers. Every other play is turnovers. That's why we lose the game, right? So I said, guys, I'm not going to come in here 
and do the same thing that all sports people say. Let's play as if, let's, you know, play our game, play harder. These are statements that mean nothing, right? Put your heart into it. These are statements that mean nothing, okay? We're losing because of a behavior that's happening on the field. And what's the behavior that's happening on the field? Passing down low when you're not, you're not good at passing. As a result, the ball's bouncing off your wooden foot, right? Because you're not good at trapping the ball. It bounces off you, and it goes to the other team. You try to make a pass, but you're too nervous. You just kick it in the middle of the field. It's a behavior that's, that's, that's causing this. This is not some karma. This is not some dark cloud. This is not some unseen thing. It's behavior. And this is the same for every. This is another, just an example. So I said, listen, guys. You guys, you don't trap well. You don't pass well. I'm sorry to tell you that, right? But that's a fact. You all agree they said yes. Only four of us know how to pass and trap the ball. So passing is haram. Under the 50. It's haram under the 50. You get the ball, you play like eight-year-old rec soccer, and you launch it. Okay? And I looked it up. It's a legitimate strategy called long ball soccer when you're just not good. Okay? You take the ball, you launch it over the other team. You believe that we had the next game, we had two turnovers. The next game, we had two turnovers. Right? Right? We had two turnovers. We didn't win the game because the other team had good offense, right? They, but the other team scored four skill goals. No giveaways. We had two turnovers. You had 52 turnovers, which I counted, to two. I counted. I sat and I watched. I watched the previous game on video, right? On fast speed, and I had a ticker. On the computer, every time I see a turnover, I click the space bar and it ticks up. So it's all behavioral, folks. Everything is behavioral. Don't sit there and believe, I'm cursed. I stink. We're no good. Okay? It's behavioral. So why is religion any different? Okay? Why is religion, uh, deen, any different? It's behavior. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help, but also change your behavior. That's the way things go. Okay. Salman S. What's a turnover? Wait, Salman S. Aren't you from here? Wait, all this time. Oh, it's a different Salman. Okay. What's a turnover, subhanAllah? Giving up the ball to the other team. Okay. Losing possession, they call it in England, I guess. Here's a question though. Yeah. Because I've been sold on a flip phone for a long time. Like, I'm so Spend ready. the money. I'm going to get it probably. But like the only thing is, I don't know if this is like Wiswas or something. Yeah. But there's so much stuff you can do with your phone. You have to keep like, it. I have so many books in here. You got to keep it. Keep both of them. You got to keep it. You got to yeah. keep it. So when do I like use the phone and when do I use the flip phone? Like The flip phone, you could say family and the people who you you would need to be answerable to at 11 p.m. midnight, right? Okay, yeah, like, for example, your mom. She yeah. needs to reach you anytime, right? Uh, your family, your immediate family, and your immediate, let's say you have a serious job, right? The yeah. immediate people who need you at all times, right? 
But like for for example, if you're sick, you're okay. gonna need to talk to me, right? So Tell flip me, phone I, always on you, basically. Flip phone always on you. But this, you need it for banking. You need yeah, this. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. How about GPS, right? GPS. That's oh, a, that's, that's a killer, right? Yeah, yeah. We need that. All these other things, we need this thing. Okay. So, um, just don't get another. Skip on the next pair of two hundred dollar dunks or stunks, whatever they call them, right? <laughs> Those two hundred, three hundred dollar. Uh, you know, Omar's got a sneaker game. That's what is he wearing today? Dunks. Stunks, right? <laughs> Um, I don't care anymore, but I used to be. Big. But he's he's got a serious sneaker game, right? So you you cut out one sneaker, big deal. Habib actually like his is crazy. His uh, I think he got it for sixty bucks. A flip phone. Yeah. It's literally an Android. It's touchscreen. He has like WhatsApp. He has like a- anything you could do on the iPhone. But is it this? It looks no, no, like no. It's this? a flip phone. It's a flip phone. But it's okay. touchscreen has everything. Oh, Plus, okay. Uh, like has everything. Oh, okay. So see, for me, the way I treat it is that literally calls. And short texts. Salam, on my way. Like, who, who's going to write a text like this, right? Yeah. It's too much, right? So, literally calls, very short text messages. Alarm clock, and that's it. Timer, I use a timer for everything, right? I'm going to do this for 15 minutes. I'm going to do that for 15 minutes, right? I'm telling you, in this world that we live in, we always got to adapt our behaviors, because we can easily slip into things. Okay. All right. So now let's let's look at our subject here. Here's a quick question though before we move on. When we say a dua is answered in these times, we mean the way you asked it. When the prophets in general, when the Quran in general says your dua will be answered, it means the way you asked it. Every other dua that is not answered in that manner, then that may be answered in another manner, saving you from something. Or, But when the Prophet ﷺ entices us, and he says, Sa'at ijaba, an hour in which you will be answered exactly as you ask your dua, that's what it means. It does not mean, yes, you'll be answered. See, Allah doesn't play tricks. You have to know that Allah speaks to you plainly. There are no tricks with this creator. He's not playing games with you. Okay? There's not a lawyer with fine print and the word actually means something else. You have to believe that about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So where it says dua is answered, it means the first one. Okay? The first type, which is the direct answer, the way, exactly the way you you asked it. That's the That's when we talk about being answered that's where it means where do i keep each phone um okay because we're we're trying to do best practices and i've done this for years now the beauty of this system is that when i need to actually decompress my brain and i need to return back to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala i need to return back to my family i need to return back to myself right i keep it in the trunk i keep all my tech i have a nice really nice bag you know one of these multi there's, I got the best I got the best bag, right? It's a multi-purpose bag with different straps. You can wear it as a book bag. You can wear it like this, and you can hold it like this. And it's got laptop pockets. It's got a zillion pockets, okay? You need actually a bag like this. We're talking best practices on how to live here in modern life without driving yourself crazy, okay? 
that bag, I threw all my tech into that bag. And I put that bag in the trunk and I locked that key and I go home. And this is especially, and I park in the street. I park in the street, right? To make it a hassle to go back. People are addicted by nature. We're all addicted to something, right? So put that in the trunk. It becomes such a hassle to go back, especially in the winter, right? I walk up the driveway. I step in the house. And you're going to do this too. You're just going to feel so free. Right? And here is the thing. You have to be vicious. You got to be vicious. I don't care what happens. Right? I do not care what happens. I don't, there, there's nothing that's going to change me. I don't care what happens. There's no emergency that's going to happen from 8 p.m. when I walk in the house, 7 p.m. Until, you know, like 8 or 4 or 5 or 6 whenever I wake up in the morning. That nothing's going to happen in the world. And all the important people know my flip phone number. Okay. Nothing is going to, no one's going to text me and say, oh my gosh, you didn't answer me for three hours. Right. You texted me at 8 p.m. on WhatsApp. What do you want me to do? I'm not checking that. Okay. For being honest, no one is as important as they think. No one is that important. Okay. So, and then did not the prophets I said to them, the way he trained the Sahaba, the Roman said, they are f- f- um, soldiers by day, monks by night. We are crack addicts by day through tech, tech crack addicts. Maybe, we're, if we're lucky, we could be normal human beings by night. We're not Mujahideen by day. This is not jihad. Tweeting is not jihad. Tweeting at Israel is not jihad. Okay? That's number one. We're doing this stuff, okay? We're doing this stuff partially because we want to fix things and partially because we're addicts. We're screen addicts. We're screen time addicts. Let's admit to the truth. All right? So, what can we be a no- normal human beings again? All right? Normal human beings do not stay up until 4 in the morning, 3 in the morning, 2 in the morning, 1 in the morning, midnight. Normal human beings through all throughout history. Why, why, why were their skin better? Their teeth was better. Their hair was better. Their eyesight was better. People were not always like us today. Today I see a five-year-old kid in the mess. He's got Coke bottle glasses, right? He's got glasses this big, okay? By sixth grade, he's got braces, retainers, okay? What's going on with the creation, right? Yeah, it's because we're not living healthy anymore. You don't, it's not his fault. We're not living healthy anymore, right? Hair used to be thick, deep into your 40s and 50s for normal people. Subhanallah, it's gone. Teeth, they don't even fall out anymore, right? Because we don't eat crunchy foods. All the moms have to go, oh, you want an apple? Let me make it into a, something soft for you. Everything has to be soft. You Kids used to eat nuts, right? Crack the nuts with your teeth. That's how teeth fell out. Right? They don't do this anymore. Teeth are rotten because of the sugar that people have. That sugar's in everything these days. Okay? All right? So we have all these, this, the, this world, the tech world, had, the technology that we developed saved us from a lot of things. It just introduced other things. Okay? Hey, listen to this. Would you rather live in a world where, as a guy... The chances of you going bald are down to like 5%. 
the chin, the, that you have, you're 90% you're going to have straight teeth. Okay. Glasses, who cares? Okay. Straight teeth and you'll have good hair. And by the way, let's say something else. You, your sperm will be healthy because a lot of people, their sperm is not healthy. They can't have kids anymore. I mean, how bad are we getting here? Seriously. What have we done to ourselves as human beings? The sperm is coming out. It's just water, sugar water. And you look at, read about these things. Just read. Sugar water's coming out of the people. There's no sperm in the semen. It's weak. If there is sperm, it's almost like it's, it's, <laughs> it's overweight. It's weak sperm. It can't swim to the egg. It can't swim. SubhanAllah. This is worrisome for humanity. Though I've always felt this. Worse than AI is the population decrease uh, crisis for human beings. Oh, yeah. One of the biggest problems. May Allah protect us and all of our kids. Okay. From, you know, the population decrease of the families. On one hand, people don't want to have kids. And when they do want to have kids, it's ruined. They can't. So Allah protect us. But when we look at, uh, when we look at our lives... It's part, it's part of the truth and good, the good to advise ourselves and to find the best practices to deal with this life. Would you rather live in a life where your, sper your sperm is strong, okay, powerful, uh, your hair is good, your teeth are good, but if you get a fever and an infection, you're going to suffer a little bit. There's no such thing as boom, Tylenol, boom, uh, antibiotic, boom, you know, Motrin. No. If you get a fever, you suffer a little bit. If you get antibiotic, you suffer a little bit. And this society, that peaceful society, maybe once in your life you will be called to a physical war. Right? You're down? Shahid too? Come on. Yeah. So, that's the deal. So that's the deal. Okay? So wives. I got to put it to the wives too. Wives. Your husband may be called to war once sometime in his life. He could be 20, he could be 50, he could be 40. On that day, he comes back, you don't know how he's going to come back. Missing an eye, missing an arm, missing a leg. That's a risk. Yet on the other hand, 90% chance he's going to have a full head of hair and good teeth. That's the deal. That was the old world that we lived in, right? <laughs> that was the old world. Okay. One thing though, like even with the sicknesses, it was a lot harder probably to get sick. Because the immune systems are strong. Oh, Today yeah, you get that's sick true. from everything. Today you get sick from everything. And yeah. the thing with medicine, I think we, we spoke about this yesterday after Phil, like some of the medical like guys over there, the students, yeah. they were basically saying like all this stuff about medicine, they don't really know exactly why it's like how it is. No, it's just trial and error. Like no, even to this day, they don't really mm -hmm. understand what exactly it is about yeah. like these different chemicals and stuff that's yeah. making this happen. No one knows why anything works. It's all trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Uh, what do you think about that? That's that's like so we our world today. I'm looking around, and we need to get better at everything. We need to get better mentally. Sleep, sleep, was something nobody ever needed to talk about. Why? It got dark. You sleep. That's it. Today, the youth don't sleep. Nobody sleeps, but you gotta literally put in effort to sleep on time. 10 o'clock, I think, is, is it 9 to 10? 
is when people should be winding themselves down. 10, 10, 15, you sleep. You would get up at 5, right? That's seven straight hours. Let's say you stay up for two hours. You doze off for another hour. That patches you off. Trust me, you got to sleep. One thing I do with, with, with my kids is I tell them, you guys are going to be youth once, okay? I'm not going to let you screw it up. You're going to be young people one time. I'm not going to let you screw it up. I'm going to put in some rules here so that you can be healthy, all right? You can sleep. You could not be addicts. Hey, will you become an addict in the future? I don't know. I can't control your adult life, but I can. You have one reference point. Youth is your reference point, right? Like, what? Wh why are you? Why are people good as adults? Because they know what goodness is, right? They think, oh, back when I was young, you know, you sleep on time because someone ordered your life for you. Okay, then you went out to the adult world, college, and you saw chaos. But chaos relative to what? Relative to peace and order. Okay. All right. So that tangent aside, let's move. Uh, we're going to touch on uh, Philistine again today. All right. Touch on Philistine again. Lauren Booth made a very good point. She said, excuse me, why are we calling these... Gaza, an open-air prison. Why do we call it an open-air prison? Okay. A prison is a place where criminals go. A prison is a place for adults, not children. A prison is a place that prisoners have the right to security. Right? They have rights. A prison is a place that gets medical attention. Prisoner gets sick and he dies in your care, you're in trouble as a jail. Who here runs a jail? Right? We have in the our masjid, alhamdulillah, there is a brother who's uh, a prison guard. He's a prison guard. Right? If, if a prison guard allows abuse, he's in trouble. If a prison guard sees a guy vomiting sick and he walks away, he's in trouble. He's liable. Prisons are places that receive medical attention. There are hukuk, there are rights to the prisoner. I mean, she made a great point. Prisons are a place that get three meals a day. Okay. Nazreen, the YouTube channel that you could watch this on is Safina Saidi. Go to YouTube and type in Safina Saidi. Okay. Mikael Saracen, I feel I can't sleep until late. I wake up early. I'm so depressed. What's happening in Gaza? Turn your phone off for one day. Tell everybody. Tell everybody. Okay. Tell everyone I don't exist for one day. Turn your phone off for one day. You got to be almost like vicious about it. You got to be cutthroat. I don't care what, what's going to happen. Turn the phone off. I mean, this is an extreme thing. One day is an extreme thing. If not, then at, at Maghrib. Turn it off at Maghrib. So prisons is not the prison. Open air prison is not the right word for Gaza because they don't get these basic things and there weren't criminals in the first place. What is the correct word for Gaza? She said, concentration camp. 
Oh, how, how could you say that concentration camp? That's only for Jews. Um, hold on a second. What's the definition of a concentration camp? A place where large numbers of people, okay, are crowded in oppressive conditions for political purposes. That's exactly what Gaza is. 70% of Ahl Gaza, all right, are refugees. Gaza right now, only 30% of that population were the original residents of Gaza. You tripled that population with refugees. Hence, it's extremely crowded, right? Extremely crowded. You tripled that population. All right? With refugees from the Nakba and other places. Nakba is the great catastrophe of when the year Israel was formed, they launched attacks on Palestinian property, land, and people. And they had one of the places they left was Gaza. They went to Gaza. All right? Gaza is a concentration camp. So why are the Zionists running a concentration camp? I have a spiritual um, analysis of this. It's because they never, they didn't, they internalized so much hatred for what happened to them. They ended up becoming, you know, what they hated. When you focus on something, positively or negatively, okay, you end up becoming that thing. If you keep telling yourself, do not think about a red car. Do not think about a red Ferrari. Do not think about a red Porsche. doesn't matter whether I tell you to think about it or not think about it. You're going to think about it. All right? I want you to hate a bottle of poison. Okay? Hate it or like it, I'm thinking about it. Okay? So... In contrast, the Muslim, when he is oppressed, he knows this oppressor is a test sent to me by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It could be for sins that I committed to purify me. And it could be to elevate my rank. But the general meaning of yadullahi fawqa aidihim means al-zalim, the oppressor, he is oppressing, okay, as a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's not an independent entity. And the oppressor will return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to punish him forever. So why am I? What, why, why am I worrying about him? Why am I going to busy myself hating them? There is a spiritual element to everything, including suffering from an oppressor. We cannot let ourselves just boil on the inside for decades upon decades hating the oppressor. Okay. Yes, I hate him, but what did the Prophet say? Ahbib Habibaka Hubbanma. Right? that's correct. Okay. Uh hate your your enemy reasonably. Why? Well, first of all, it's not good for you. Number two, one day might be your ally. Okay. One day it could be your ally. Mutta Baklik says they became Darth Vader. 
Okay. The, the hatred of evil. If someone goes around hating, like, let's say someone came to this live stream and just went on hating and hating alcoholics and stuff. I'm like, something's wrong with you. Yeah. We don't, none of us like alcoholics. Right. But what's the, uh, the hatred of a Muslim is like his policy in the sense that it's not in just a raw emotion. It's a policy hatred, meaning we disavow from them. We seek to change this wrong. We don't support them. It's like a policy. That's what I mean by that. It, more so than an emotion. Yeah, emotion. We all hate the oppressor, but to a degree. And if I saw someone railing and banging stuff because they hate a Zionist, I'm like, something's wrong with you. You need spiritual help. Yes, we all hate them in the sense that of their oppression. Okay? And this hatred doesn't go towards Jews. This is a big difference. There's a big difference between the one committing the apartheid sin and the oppression in Gaza and the concentration camp and the one who doesn't commit it. Judaism is not the only factor. He, there are Jews who are against Zionism. There are Jews who want a homeland. And by the way, remember, two, a couple episodes ago, I said if you studied what happened to Jews in, in, in Europe, you would want a homeland for them too. Like, people shouldn't be treated this way, the way they were treated. Okay? So, this has nothing to do with Jews. Centuries earlier, and for most of Islamic history, the enemy of Muslims has been the Christians, not the Jews. Which is probably why, in the end of time, the Prophet wasallam specifies that Muslims and Christians will have an alliance and Muslim and Jews will have a conflict. He specifies that for the end of time because it's the opposite of the rest of Islamic history. rest of Islamic history, it's Muslims and Christians, okay, who are rivals. And the worst of the Christians being whom? The French. The French were the enemies of Muslims from the first century soon as they got there and it's the one it's that's where the 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 westward migration uh, uh, advancement of muslims reached the end of the atlantic then they went up into europe and they stopped at france at the border of france they didn't go any further some said that it was a backwater area and they didn't go there it was like um undeveloped area likewise when they went to africa their southern uh, advancement stopped at a certain area because it wasn't advanced. It wasn't developed. Like, where do we even go? It's just like almost Native Americans. There's no one to conquer. There's just different tribes living everywhere. Europeans were like that. Just different tribes of people living around. It wasn't like a nation to conquer. Secondly, I want to talk about something that's extremely important. Conquests in Islam has limits and has parameters, and it's called a fatah, which means the only time that Muslims get rewarded and are encouraged to do this is if they do it for the sake of bringing Islam to these people, taking off the chains of paganism and disbelief, all right, and giving them Islam. If at any point in time the goal is to take their wealth and to subdue them and to control the people, that's not jihad. And that's not what the prophets did. Nor is that what the Sahaba promoted. 
they that's why the language of uh, uh, the Prophet Sallallahu and the Quran is fatah, not ghalaba. Ghalaba like conquest. It's fatah. The colonizers go to take the resources of people. Settler colonizers, which Jew, which the Zionists are, okay. I was going to say Jews, but not all Jews went. The settler colonists are those who want to take your resources and your land. A colonizer knows that his his time there has a limit. He doesn't want to live there. He just wants your wealth. That's a colonizer. A hundred years or so, give him an advantage, free wealth. And he leaves. The settler colonizer, he wants to live there now. Australia, the United States, if you think about it. In many cases, you could say there are settler colonizers. Yes, sometimes they were went and, and like Pennsylvania. They went, they didn't want to do harm with the Indians. They wanted to live peacefully with the Indians. They say, we just want to live here, right? And they were living at peace with the Indians. Pennsylvania is a great example. William Penn was a great um, example of a, someone who, hey, there's land here. Can I live here? Yeah, I want to live here. I'm not fighting you. I'm not taking your land. Okay, I'm not colonizing. I just want to live here. They made peace. They lived. If I'm not mistaken, hey Ahmed, did you just take American history? You didn't take American history. World history. What grade are you in? Tenth. So for ten years, you never took American history. What? How? Civics, economic. Wait a second. You never took the Revolutionary War. Subhanallah, we took the Revolutionary War like it was Sira. In school. Every year we did the Revolutionary War like it was Sirat. Muraja. Khatam. Okay. My school was literally called Academy of American Studies. That yeah, was did, the theme how many US times history. did you take American history? Every year. Yeah, but I didn't really care. <laughs> do, you, do, do you remember William Penn, though? I've heard the name, but I don't remember much. Oh, he's founder of Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. William Penn was, he was, he was the peaceful one. Okay. He was good. Uh, Andrew Jackson, different story. Okay. The Canadians, they did the same thing. And now that they've basically eliminated the native, uh, what do they call them? First Nations, now they call them. Now that they've they've limited them to like 1% of the population, they don't bother them so much now that they've, they've become peaceful people and they respect the First Nation. Okay? Uh, all right. So that's what's going on. I'm slam right. Tavadda. Finish school? Yeah. Good. Take a seat. Yeah. No, no, he works out of school. Yeah, he works at school. Yeah. All right, so that's this is the concepts. These are concentration camps. Let me ask you this now. If the Jewish people in Auschwitz rebelled, stole guns, dug tunnels, stole guns off the Nazis, dug tunnels under Auschwitz, and planned their escape and blew up a bunch of German buses. How would we view them today? At the time, how would they have been viewed? They'd be called ter- they would have been called, they didn't have the word terrorist, I don't think at that time, but they would have been called what? Like criminals, right? Bad people. And if they had ran around, you know, trying to escape Auschwitz, 
and then accidentally killed or purposely killed even. Let's say, hypothetically, they blew up like a taxi or a bus. Why? They're running for their lives. They would have been viewed, okay, as criminals back then. Today, how would we view those people? Well, let's, I'll tell you how. The African-American slaves rebelled. At the time, in the world that they lived in, slavery was legally valid. Okay? At the time. That owner, that's his possession. So he can't run away by the law and the morals of that era. African slaves rebelled about three times. Big rebellions. And then there was the fourth, fifth rebellion that were not as huge. There were five African-American slave revolts in the United States. I'm on a website here, PBC, celebrating these slave rebellions. At the time, they were breaking the law and they killed civilians. In one case... The slave rebel went out and killed everybody in the house. In the master's house. Master's house. Killed everybody. All right. That's a crime at that time. He was was really bad at that time. All slaves are going to suffer from what he did. We're going to teach them all a lesson. He's been celebrated. Okay. All right, listen to this. One of our most pernicious, this is by Henry Louis Gates Jr. One of the most pernicious allegations made against African-American people was that the slave ancestors were docile, content, and loyal, thus explaining their failure to break out of slavery, like they were accepting of this. Okay, what is Henry Louis Gates saying? He's saying, This is a pernicious allegation against us and against our ancestors, he's saying. And we have Muslims today who have the nerve to say, you know, why don't the people of Gaza just, you know you're not winning this, just accept the situation, go to Egypt, right? Leave, don't put up a fight. That person's, that person, his identity his sense of his self, his understanding of right and wrong has been, is like a, you know, whipped completely. Whipped. Molested and raped. That's why he is willing to just, that's what he sees. Hey, if there's a big bully, why don't you just give up? Subhanallah. Well, alhamdulillah, people like you aren't the leaders. And this is, I'm not even kidding you, as someone told me that the other day. He's like, we don't want the people of Gaza. Why don't they just like give it up? That's what Albanians say. All right. But the history says slaves revolted. And there were five revolts worthy of history, uh, of documentation. I'm sure there are many minor revolts that weren't documented. Okay. All right. They were accusing 
the slaves were being innately patient, docile, and childlike. And they were imitators. And they had no sense that this was wrong. Not the truth at all. Okay? Slaves, right, rebelled and revolted in America. How do we view them today? And explain to me in what shape, way, shape, and form is it different from the people of Gaza in a concentration camp revolting? In what way, shape, and form is it different from apartheid South Africans revolting? In what way, shape, and form different from Holocaust Jews revolting? If I saw a movie about Holocaust-era Jews revolting against Germans, which side are you rooting for? You root for the Jews, Right? American slaves getting whipped with a bullwhip, okay? Making, working absurd uh, uh, conditions. And you, you sit there watching, please take, you got a knife in your hands. Kill the guy. That's what we're saying you, as, as watching these movies, right? You, you got a knife in your hand cutting the crops. Go over to the guy and slit his neck. Of course, we're saying that from, you know, uh, our, our living rooms. He's living it. We're saying it. But that's the sentiment. Wait, wait a second. That guy is an upright man in his society, that slave master. The law allows him to do this, and society is approving of it. Well, guess what? Sometimes the whole society can be wrong. Why are we recognizing the whole society is wrong in American slavery, in Holocaust Germany, in apartheid South Africa, in killing all the aboriginals in Australia, in the westward expansion of Andrew Jackson, we all recognize the whole society's wrong, and we wish some of these Native Americans would fight back. Take your freedom, take your country back, take your dignity back. Why? Explain to why. how is it any different from what's happening right now with the people of Gaza? Hey, they're telling us Hamas is a terrorist organization. No, you're saying that. I didn't make that judgment, okay? I didn't make that judgment. Just because you say something, American media, Israeli media, actually, I'm probably more inclined to believe the opposite now. Iraq war was a lie. 9-11. I mean, a lot of people, your mom's going to, don't tell your mom this, but. Oh, I told her. You told her that we believe that 9-11 was a, was a, was a, was a hoax. I told her that. It was an inside job. What did she say? She said, she was just like, that, that's all she knows. She doesn't believe it. She thinks it's crazy. She actually thinks Taliban mountain men. She thinks Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda did it. Okay. What did Al-Qaeda do before this that would ever indicate that they had the capacity to do this? Like, when, when a team reaches the final... Don't they like the, the year before they reached the quarterfinal but lost? The year before they reached the first round of the playoffs but lost, right? Like there's Tadarruj. And that team reaches the final next year. We expect them to go far too, right? Show me a team that never made the playoffs, won the greatest championship of all time in the world of crime. 9-11 is the greatest crime of all time, right? In the crime world. What could be worse? What could be more complicated? And the next year missed the playoff again. So what was the follow-up of these brilliant Al-Qaeda terrorists, okay? 
Gru stole the moon. What's his follow-up crime, right? The I'll tell you what Al-Qaeda's follow-up crime is. Isn't it Vector stole the moon? Vector stole the moon. Okay, listen. Okay. The follow-up crime of Al-Qaeda, the follow-up terrorist act, after you, they took credit because in the world of terrorists, in the world of jihadis, this was a great act, right? We don't think it's a great act, but they do. Okay? The shoe bomber. So wait a second, you went from hijacking planes and smashing them into buildings in New York and the Cap and the Pentagon in Washington to Richard Reed, the mentally unwell shoe bomber who snuck a little bomb in his sock, got on a plane, and then the bomb didn't go off, it burned his foot. It was the size of like a firecracker. That was the follow-up crime of Al-Qaeda. All right. So you... Yeah. Let's take a look at the next crime after that. The underwear bomber. This idiot put the bomb in his drawers. He did nothing except burn off his manhood. So you're telling me that the same people who... Smash planes into towers and into the Pentagon, okay? That the same people, that's their product? You no, know I'll tell you what. You drive a plane? Huh? It's not easy to drive a plane. I'll tell you These what. guys from caves just saw this cockpit. And guys what from caves. Like- we know Muslims. I know Muslims. One thing that I know about ourselves is the competence level in our community is very low. I go to any masjid I guarantee you, if there's a hot air wudu dryer, it doesn't work. And if there's towels, for paper towels to dry myself from wudu, there's going to be no towels in it, right? I guarantee you, okay? And you're going to tell me they pulled off this thing, hijacking two planes, avoiding NORAD track. Don't get me on, on 9-11. Don't get me going on and this. the passport survived. Yeah, my mom- the passport survived, and Muhammad Atta left the Quran at the bar the night before. <laughs> he was doing that one in the bar <laughs> How insane is that That's what they say Muhammad Atta Oh a bar t- A waitress Oh yes I saw that Muhammad Atta terrorist guy He was at the bar And he Guess what He left the Quran there He forgot it with him What are you guys Guys guy, Hey FBI Media You're gonna make stuff About Muslims Call me first Okay Call me So I can tell you How to get it right <laughs> He wouldn't have gotten He wouldn't have went to a bar The night before With the Quran Okay Get me a thousand Muslims And I want to see Give me a thousand religious Muslims I'm talking about people like you Right When is the last time you're walking around with the Quran Right What are they thinking Right What are they thinking Walking around with the Quran So wait a second When you're at uh, a restaurant eating a halal burger You got the Quran on you Man these people It was so bad all right, yeah, you, wait, is it? you guys didn't even just hire, hire somebody, a historian, interview the guy. What is the behavior of an anthropologist? A munafiq. We got plenty of munafiqs in the world. You couldn't, FBI, you couldn't find one munafiq to help you cook up the story that's reasonable. You can find one Muslim trader. You get, I'm at Saddam. I'm at Saddam was a Muslim trader. Munafiq. Anyway, please. 
Let's get back to the slaves. The Stono Rebellion of 1739. The largest revolt ever staged in the 13 colonies. Sunday, September 9th, 1739. It was a vacation day, a day free of labor. labor. Sunday, 20 slaves under the leadership of a man named Jemmy provided whites with a painful lesson. Wow, look at the language. Provided whom? Whites. Why? Wait, hold on. Is, what was the, what, what's their attribute? Nothing. They believe in the slave system. That's enough. That's the crime. Okay? That is a crime. They provided whites with a painful lesson on the African desire for liberty. Many members of the group were seasoned soldiers, okay, from Angola, where they were captured. They gathered at the Stono River and raided a warehouse-like store. Hutchinson executing the white owners. Hey, these guys just own some guns. What did I, what did I do? I just own some guns. I have a warehouse. No, you're getting executed. You're part of the system. That's why. You are part of the system, so they executed them. Okay? Who here is blaming the slaves for this? No, no, you are all complicit in an oppressive system. Okay? This is their logic. They executed the white owners. They beheaded them. They placed their victims' heads on the storefronts for everyone to wake up and see the next morning. Okay? They moved on to... Homes in the area, killing the occupants of the homes. Burn the whole home down. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Marching through the homes with kids and grandmas and moms and everything. Kill them all. That's what they did. Burn down the whole home. Okay. Marching through the colony towards St. Augustine, Florida, where at the time, where under Spanish law, they were free. As the march proceeded, not all slaves joined the insurrection. Some hung back and actually helped hide their masters. Okay. Which ones do we want to celebrate today? The guys who fought for their freedom or the guys who fought to stay slaves and helped their masters? Many were drawn to this insurrection. Soon they were 100 and they paraded down King's Highway, according to sources, carrying banners and shouting Liberty, Lukango, in their native language. Okay? The slaves fought off the English for more than a week before the colonists rallied and killed most of the rebels, although some very likely reached Fort Mose, even after the colonial forces crushed the Stono uprising, outbreaks occurred. Okay? South Carolina had to kill, execute 50 rebel slaves. The next one was in New York City. 1,700 blacks living in a city of 7,000 whites. Okay. And it was in Fort George, New York. Slaves were talking about setting fire to everything. Burn it all down. Okay. Gabriel's Conspiracy, 1800. Okay, 53 slaves, all right? A slave named Gabriel hatched the plot with freedom as his goal. And he goes on to talk about that, all right? Omar, can you get the GRT stuff ready? Yes, thank you. All right. 
And you go into the comments and people rooting them on. All right. Okay. Tell me exactly what is the difference? Do we even know yet exactly what happened? No, October 7th, it's all... Uh, did you guys watch Loki on uh, Pierce Morgan yesterday? Did you watch it? I, I need to watch it. I want to watch it. He said, like, I'm not condemning anything because I don't even know what the facts are. Pierce Morgan was going crazy. You're the first person, pro-Palestinian person, who refuses to condemn. He's like, how can I condemn what I don't have facts? We have your accusations, your allegations of what happened on your side. I have to watch the Loki... Look at this, Panala. Basically, like rappers, fighters, Jake Shields coming out of nowhere, defending the truth. Jackson Hinkles is huge. Jackson, who is this? Is this uh, a guy or a machine? He's huge. tweeting every hour. But he has help, I think. Right? He gotta have help. No, but he's like, I what, think what's he's his third. deal exactly? That's what I'm wondering too. I think he's uh, he's like an American conservative. I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, but he's like I think third on Twitter in terms of like popularity. That that's after Elon Musk and then some other page. He is something I else. Pretty sure. Actually, you know what? He had recently refuted Matt Walsh's claim. Let me read that. Okay. I want to see what Matt Walsh said. That Hinkle refuted. By the way, everybody, we're hitting through thirty thousand today. Dollars raised for Gaza. Today we're hitting it, okay? Today. Today we're hitting it. Let's go to Matt Walsh, who, of course, to save his, you know, he, he doesn't have it. You can't take his opinion seriously. He has to... Uh, Appease his uh, boss. He has to support his boss. Um, let's take a look at this tree here. All right, here, here we go. Here is where he makes a big mistake. All right. Matt Walsh says, October 24th, Free Palestine is BLM repackaged. Listen, guy, dude, you're really good at the women's stuff. You're really good at critiquing, you know, the the woke agenda, the woke world, woke kids who don't know how to have a job, okay? You are one of the best. Stay out of this. The best thing for you to say, first of all, you can't speak. Don't You cannot speak the truth because of your colleague and the guy who brought you on, I think. What's his face? Ben Shapiro, okay? Mr. Genocide himself. 
to stay out of this stuff because for you to say free Palestine is BLM repackaged, there are far left types who are supporting Palestine. 90% of those marches, 70%, 50%, 80%, a large number, wherever you go, okay, the numbers are going to be different, but the bulk are conservative Muslims, people who support your work. Just because there are some LGBs and trans there does not mean free Palestine is equivalent to just leftist, okay, uh, anti-white, whatever. Most of them don't even support it anymore. Most of the left does not support it, okay? But there are, every once in a while, I see queers for Palestine. I would want to say, listen, I don't want you to support me. I'll be honest, don't support me. Don't support these causes. All right, because you will not be supported in Palestine you, if you publicly promote what you're promoting. It's what PBD said, queers for Palestine is no different than chickens for KFC. In the sense that this is a cause that the Palestinians would tear down, would not accept at all. The trans and LGB cause will not be acceptable to Palestinian people who are Muslims, mainly, and Christians. And the Christians will not support this either. Even the secular Muslims in Palestine would probably never go this far. Okay? It's BLM repackaged, which was itself a mishmash of every radical left-wing agenda. No, do not conflate free Palestine with the woke agenda. Okay? Just because, this is a rule of logic, just because some woke people support free Palestine does not mean the Palestinian issue is woke. There's some kind of woke issue. And Hinkle, okay, responded to him. No, Jake Shields, I think, also responded to him. Okay. If you support Free Palestine on the uh, uh, and you're on the conservative, you're on the right, and you support Free Palestine, this is what and who you're supporting, which is basically he's got a picture of some wokists. The pro-Palestinian marches are BLM reincarnated. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? All the misogynists in America are going to these free Palestine. I canceled Austin in next weekend because there's a free Palestine march. Because I know no one's going to come if we did an event. Everyone's going to the march. It's majority conservative Muslims at this who have a grievance against an apartheid state. That's the grievance. Right, has nothing to do with anti-white. What is anti-West and anti-whiteness? No, it's not. No, it is not. What is he talking about? All right. So, I think that he got roasted enough. And honestly, Matt Walsh, he's a, he's a right-wing guy. He's got to support his friend. I understand that. Better off to stay silent, because I like his other stuff, and. Today, he did. He changes. He's not. Look what he's tweeting about today. He's tweeting about. He's tweeting about um, the death penalty. He's tweeting about you know our cities are no longer uh, are clean. He's tweeting about recent college graduate has a breakdown. Why? Because she's working a regular job. Yeah, tweet about that stuff. And don't touch this issue because you're not making, 
your your argument is wrong. It's 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 not, it doesn't make any sense. All right, he's t- tweeting about how many woke kids have a nine to five job. All right, good. That's the stuff that I actually like to read his tweets for because we have we're Monsafine. We're not just going to throw someone out just because of one issue, but we could if it's bad enough. If it's bad enough, but this issue, he just shouldn't touch it. Okay. Where? Uh, just because Palestine doesn't support queers doesn't mean they can't support Palestine. Okay. They are supporting Palestine. That is one good thing that they're doing. Okay. But don't conflate the issues that... Uh, and by the way, Muslims believe in the means and the ends. All right. Not just the ends. The qadiyya is haq. The issue is the truth that we're after. And this is, a, this is the right issue. But it, not everyone who supports it is on the haq. We want in Islam the people who support these big goals, these big issues, right, to also be on the haq. Would you be happy if the KKK start coming out for your causes? Hypothetical. Hypothetical. Let's take let's take a look at this. A white convert Muslim family gets gunned down by a black gang because they're Muslim, right? Hypothetical. Oh, you guys became Muslim? All right, gun you down. The Muslims go out in protest. The KKK joins them. Do you want them joining you or not? Do you want them joining you or not? We don't want them joining us. I say, listen, could you please go over there? Go away from us. We don't want you part of our group, part of this group. All right? So how is it different when a group like this is now supporting Palestine? No, we want, victory is not going to come from Fisk. Victory will not come from the people of Fisk helping you. This is one of the reasons why non-Muslims are not allowed in the Islamic armies, in Muslim armies. They're not allowed in this Muslim armies by Sharia. Victory, oh, don't even start with the Hanafi, okay? <laughs> Every time a person utters the word of common sense, right, of deen that everyone knows, this brother right here, okay, comes to me and he says, huh, uh, uh, well, here, look, I got HanafiFetwa.com, says this. Okay, we want the people who are who are fighting for the truth to also be on the truth. Okay, we want them also to be on the truth. That's a, that, that's the point. Okay, so. Um, Dallas, by the way, Maliki Click is now two days. Saturday and Sunday, Dallas. Friday, Houston. Saturday, Dallas. Sunday, Dallas. All right, let's go to a few Q&A, then we wrap up. 
And let's not forget to make dua. Why? Because between Dhuhr and Asr on Wednesday, there could be Sa'ati Jabba at any time. We ask Allah to accept the words that we've been tr- saying and this whole stream to be in the spirit of وَتَوَاسُوا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاسُوا بِالصَّبْرِ And that in that case, it will be dhikrullah, hopefully. Cap Muslim, do we believe that non-Muslims heroes such as Rachel Corey will be compensated in the Akhirah? Every deed, every good deed is compensated only for the believer in Allah, it's rewarded. There's a difference between compensation and reward. What is the difference? There are primary deeds and secondary deeds. What is the primary deed? Respecting God and His Prophet. Right? Respect God. Believe in Allah. No paganism. No atheism. Respect your Lord. If you receive the message. That is the primary deed. Aqidah is the primary deed. Now let's say somebody got that wrong. I'm not saying she did because I don't know if she had gotten the message. I don't know her status. Right? Let's say a person comes up to you and we say, brother, this is Islam, boop, boop, boop. He says, I'll stay Hindu. I understand your message fully, 100%. I'll stay Hindu. Okay. You go outside now and a group of guys start beating up one of the Muslims. This Hindu guy who just said, I understand your message. I'm not accepting Muhammad. I'm moving on. It's over. This Hindu guy then saves a Muslim's life, saves him. In the process, sacrifices his own life and dies, gets killed. But just a minute before, he had explicitly said, I understand your message fully and I reject it completely. So he did the worst deed, all right, with Allah and the best deed with human beings. He will be compensated for his good deed, but he won't be rewarded. Reward means you will enter Jannah someday. That's what we mean by reward. One day you will enter Jannah. Whether sooner or later, you will enter paradise. The key to that is the first deed. Compensation means that in some other fashion, Allah will compensate you for what you did. It could be decreasing punishment it could be giving you water in the hellfire okay it could be making your death sweet like the moment of death becomes sweetened for you rather than a bad death like the moment that your soul is taken it's taken with respect because angels can take your soul with respect and they could snatch it the prophet said that the 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 soul of the evil person is snatched like cotton is coming out taken out of the bud imagine cutting a piece of cotton in half right so there it could be between death and resurrection he he is sleeps in peace in his grave he will be compensated okay but that doesn't change the fact that the ultimate reward of paradise eternally is predicated upon Tawheed. 
belief. Okay, if you receive the message. Okay. All right, let's now move to Gaza. I told you guys today we're hitting thirty thousand. Today, because the momentum is running. Omar, take it away. Tell us what we got here. All right. So as you guys can see, uh, first I put the link on top. If you're on Instagram, then just join us on YouTube. You'll be, you'll be able to see the entire screen. Uh, you know, these are the children. Alhamdulillah. You can see the Safina logo. So you know, this is to show you guys. It's not you know the money that you guys are sending. You know, inshallah, and the, uh, what you will send is it's going straight to these people, right? You can see that uh, the Safina logo uh, logo right there. Alhamdulillah, like you guys are making an impact. It's not just like you know a lot of charities where you're not sure what's happening with your money. Uh, so there it is. The As you can see there, the logo showing that this is food bought directly with our um, uh, donations to those kids. How? There are businesses in Gaza. These businesses in Gaza have the foods coming from Rafah border. Rafah. The businesses in Gaza have banks in Jordan, right? So GRT is sending money to Jordan, okay? Sending money to Jordan. That's how this arrangement is working. The, the business looks in their account, says, oh, the money's come in. Here, take the food. Keep going, uh, Omar. We have a video too, right? Yeah, we have a video as well. Uh, so here's another picture, as you can see. All right, so what does that say? Food package as well? Food packs distribution, Gaza, uh, Gaza 2023. MashaAllah. Uh, so i got some more pictures. Alhamdulillah, you know, look at this little guy. Posing with the, uh, look at that little man. Food pack. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Look at these conditions. SubhanAllah. Look at these conditions. Yeah. If one of our kids was like that, you know what? I guarantee what happened. His mom would say, no, wear sweatpants so your knee doesn't have to touch this rough floor. I guarantee you that would happen. Yeah. Stand up so that your knee doesn't touch the floor. That's what would happen in these days. But look at these kids, subhanAllah. That's how he's grown up. He's never seen a paved street, a nice lawn. Next. All right, let's see the video too. This is the good stuff, the video. This is your brother Yusuf from the team Assalamu alaikum rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is your brother Yusuf from the team GRT on the ground. Many thanks for Safina Society for your support of the people of Gaza. Alhamdulillah Rabbameen, today we are supporting them by food bags. Many thanks for you. Many thanks for your amazing work. These children are migrated from many, uh, from many borders of Gaza and they are now at this school. They are waiting your support. They are waiting your help for them. Alhamdulillah, by yourself, by your support, inshallah, they will continue their life. Inshallah, the future for this for these children will be continued by your support. Jazakumullah khair. SubhanAllah. I wish we could, um, kids like this uh, really could, um, kids like this could be, you know, orphans taken to a, a, a country that they grow up, but never forget the pain that they had to go through, the child had to go through, because that's what's going to fuel the desire. It's going to fuel the desire, right? To do, you know, much, to change the world, to make sure this doesn't happen to their kids. And let me tell you something else that's happening here in the United States. It was very interesting, all right? 
Um, okay. Very interesting is that uh, Spanish kids are doing really, you know, advancing in different uh, spheres. Reason being, and the, one of the things they're saying is that our mom cleans homes, our dad rakes leaves, right? Like, people look at us the way they look at us. It's like they're feeling the pain and they don't ever want to see this again, right? So. Someone's asking, are these recent? Yes, these are uh, very recent, actually, uh, from this week. Probably, probably a few days. It's, I think, two days ago, right? Like yesterday, maybe. Yeah, as you guys can see, like, you're, you know, $1, $2, $3. It's That's what it is. Impact. One pound, two it's pounds, three impact, pounds. Whatever it is. And if you donate, yeah. you know, it's going straight to these people. Alhamdulillah. So. All right, a few minutes of Q&A. Let's see what we got here. No. Uh, is it Zakat eligible? Um, they're not giving cash in hand. Up to now, he did not tell me there's a cat eligible. Why? Because Zakam is going to go cash to cash to hand. They're giving food. They're giving other things. So I, I do not believe right now that because Zakat has its own rules and it needs to be given in cash. Okay. No, there is still, there are supply lines open as evidence of what GRT is telling us. Okay. If I have qada, salah, can I do them in tahajjud? Yes, you can do them in tahajjud time. You can do them anytime you want. But you cannot combine them with tahajjud because fard and nafl are not combined. Don't tell me in the Hanafi you can do that. You cannot combine Fard and Nafl in the Maliki school. Okay? No, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even combine when you're traveling in Hajj. Yeah. Pro West says, I was talking to my nephew, a UK doctor, trainee, cardiologist. He says, Muslims in the NHS are facing consequences for speaking about Palestine. You don't always have to post stuff. You don't always have to talk. There are many different ways you can help. Talking is not the only way. You're a doctor, you donate. Okay? You're a student, you protest. Okay? You talk. There are different ways to do things. So don't think that there's only one way uh, to do things. So Saudi, are these recent pictures? These are from yesterday. I received these pictures from GRT yesterday. Those pictures are from yesterday. They're, they're, the reports about the... Uh, Rafah border, well, apparently they're still getting things. There, there are lines that are open. And they had stuff from before. Like the businesses may have had dry goods from before. The uh, If you read about a recent close, closing of um, borders, certain foods may have, you know, been there from before. Okay. Journalists are about to write a hit piece on launch good. What? Yeah, they're going to fight them. They're going to fight them. Oh, I see, I see, I see what you're saying. Because I'm, my inbox is now um, inundated with people telling me that launch good is... Um, 
Okay, so there is a person out there who is saying that uh, these do- uh, donations from Launch Good, they're uh, may go to. Uh, there, there, there's no way to ensure that they don't go. That's the, that's a stupid allegation. I'm sorry to say that. I'm a stupid. Uh, that's a stupid allegation. All right. So if I sell you a bullet, there's no way to ensure you're not going to kill someone with it. That's not an allegation. That's a stupid. Don't even think twice about that. Uh, that's a stupid article. Okay. The person's not a journalist. This is, I mean, they may they they may have have a job as a journalist, but they're not a journalist because this is just nonsense. Salam, what's happening? A uh, difference between zakah and sadaqa. Sadaqa can be given to anybody, essentially, um, Muslim, non-Muslim, etc. Zakah is specific, has to be given to the Muslim poor, and it has to be given in kind, as cash. What's your opinion about World War Three? Well, you never know what's going to happen, man. You just never know what's going to happen. Never know what's going to happen. Is Salatu Salam to our Prophet also the medicine against wrathfulness? Salah and Salam puts water on the fire of the wrath of Allah when Allah's when we have angered Allah with sins. Also, sadaqah, puts out the fire, the, the wrath of Allah that we have earned. If we sent money to Palestine to a family we know who needed food as we sent it as zakat, is that applicable? As long as you sent it as money, they could do what they want with it now. Okay? You, if it's zakat and they are in need, what is need is the bar is not that high. Like you're insecure for the next year. You're in need. Right? I have money, but it's never enough. You're in need. You can receive zakah as a Muslim. They can buy whatever you want, but you give them food, money. Okay? Let's say he says, um, no, no, just, you just give me food. Just send me the food. You have to say, listen, I'm giving to you this money, this cash to you. But by the way, you don't have to tell someone it's zakah. You can give someone a wad of cash and you don't have to tell them it's zakah. But if he says, listen, no, forget the cash. Give me that. He said, listen, this cash is yours now. Do you accept it? Yes, I accept it. So, all right, now I'm a wakil. I'm not the owner of the cash now. I'm a wakil. All right? A wakil is an agent. What do you want? Order me the food. All right, now I order you the food as a wakil. But you have accepted this cash. Okay? So you tell him, this cash is yours right now. Do you accept it? Yes, I accept it. All right, now tell me what I, what you want me to do for, with it. That's fine. There is no alleg- allegation against launch good. The allegation, I saw the email just now, is there is no way to ensure that your money does not go to. What kind of allegation is this? It's like saying to a guy who buys a bullet or buys a gun, there's no way to ensure that you didn't just buy a gun to kill somebody. There's no way to ensure that you're not going to kill someone with that. It's complete nonsense. But, of course, it's going to be, it's going to, maybe, who knows, it'll make some waves. 
right? Um, just because it's a big claim. Boycotting Israeli products. Guess what? I hate to do this, but we have to. We got to migrate our website because Wix put out a statement. You know, if they were silent and they just happened to be Jews, no problem. Israelis, no problem. But they put out a statement. Why don't they just shut up so I can not have to migrate my website? <laughs> you know how many websites we have on Wix? Jeez. At least 10, right? I'm struggling to make a decision with Istikhara. Istikhara, you have to isolate what you think is the right decision. And then you pray Istikhara and you say, Oh Allah, I have decided this. If it is the correct decision, make it easy. If it is the wrong decision, make it difficult for me. And so if ease develops, then you made the right decision. If I'm stuck in credit card debt, is my du'a rejected? No. Debt does not uh, negate du'a, even if it's a sinful debt. Because people, but you make tilba for the sin. Right? Okay. Two more questions, then we wrap up. Who put out a statement? Launch good themselves. They're going to fight this this uh, absurd allegation. How to ha- to strengthen having a good opinion of Allah and trust in Him is by looking at someone's track record, right? If you're dealing with somebody in finan- financially, let's say, okay, a financial investor, I'm going to give you twenty thousand dollars to invest for me. But how do I trust you? Well, why don't I look back at your record? So, so and so gave you a hundred thousand. You invested successfully and gave him back the money, and he's happy. So and so gave you fifty thousand. You invested the money, and he's happy. Look at the track record, the previous actions. Well, when it comes to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, has he even your digestive system has been working? It doesn't work for everybody. Your blood is flowing nicely. Doesn't work. Some people have leukemia, cancer of the blood. Your eyes. Some people are blind. Your mom and dad. Right? Some people don't have a mom and dad. Okay? You keep looking at these things. Hold on. Allah's been very generous to me. What am I worried about? You keep looking at all, you know, these positives, these wonderful things, right, that Allah has done for us already. That is how you strengthen your good opinion of Allah. You keep looking back. I don't even know if there's anyone as good as Wix, by the way. And Khadija Omar thanks the person who respond, asked the question because it's a good question to ask. So that we should always, we should always um, remember how much Allah has helped. No one should ever say, oh, Allah has left me, Allah has abandoned me. Maybe there's an obligation you abandoned. An obligation of worship or an obligation of, towards a, towards 
a creation, you know, created being. Like, for example, if you're if the adhan goes off, it's a, that is as if Allah's calling you to salah. If your mom calls you, that's also an obligation. Both are obligations. Okay. So if we want to know if my dua is not being answered, hold on, am I frust am I answering what's obligation obligatory on me? Okay. Go and stop replying to one of your friends. Don't reply to one of your friends or to somebody for a month. Let him keep talking and ringing and calling. Then you text him back. Do you expect to get a reply right away? Right? If so, that's either a very good friend, right? Or someone who is very weak in their personality. Okay? But if it's like a parent or something, they're probably going to teach you a lesson. Uh, well, I need to raise you here. Because Allah Ta'ala is not equal like a friend. He's not a friend. He's also raising us. He's teaching us. He's doing tarbiyah of us. How, how does he do tarbiyah of us? By, by almost mirroring our behavior. You don't like being ignored. And your dot not being answered, right? You don't like it. Because that's what you're doing too. You are ignoring too. You're ignoring your obligations. So Allah is He educates, not tit for tat like a child. No. Astaghfirullah. It's He's educating. He's a murabbi for us. By making what happens to us as a reflection of what we're doing. All right, ladies and gentlemen. We have to stop here. Pause for um, go for prayer and we'll be back tomorrow and tomorrow uh, Hamza Reza is coming back and he's bringing I told him bring us someone from South Africa he has a lot of connections he's bringing someone to South Africa they're in a recent apartheid state that the whole world supported to get out of apartheid and we're going to talk about the equivalence between South African apartheid and, Palestine, and, Israel, and Israeli Palestinian apartheid. We're going to look at that, inshallah ta'ala, and we'll see um, what they have to say. So, jazakumullah khairan, everyone. Uh, oh, by the way, let's, let's get a, a, a final. Okay, let's get a final before we sign off. I'm telling you, we're hitting 30K today, in the ta'ala. All right, we're still we're right on the cusp of 28k, right on the cusp. Inshallah, Taala, we'll get 28k today, uh, 30k today, hit 30k. We constantly get these little milestones: five pounds there, ten pounds there, three dollars there, four dollars there. All right, and we'll get there. Okay. All right, folks. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nasafirku wa natubu ilayk wa asr. إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله